Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Maybe you've noticed this with your own kids or as a teacher with your students, or, or maybe you've just uh, observed this. It just seems like kids fidget an awful lot. And I, I don't know if it's changed over time, but I, I'm sure Dr. Rhoda is going to weigh on this, the, this thing. W what's going on here with kids fidgeting and their attention span and, and consequences to that? Uh, tell us more. Kids are designed to fidget, right? We're, kids are designed to move. They're designed to move around. But there does seem to be an increase in the ability of kids to focus and concentrate, like times to fidget and times to focus. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit more. Recently listened to a very fascinating TED Talk by a pediatric occupational therapist named Angela Hanscom. Very interesting. I'd encourage you to look it up if you, if you like this topic and want to hear her words in particular. But I wanted to share some of her insights that I thought were just so very important for us. She was sharing information on why it seems more difficult for kids to sit still now than ever before. We have fidget gadgets that are designed, designed to help kids focus, right? People are buying things so that their kids can legitimately fidget and try to focus. So what's going on with all of this? Her understanding of the body and the brain involving movement in child development was fascinating to me, and I just wanted to share some of it with you today. Now, I know some will contend that kids have always fidgeted a lot. It's part of being a kid, and I completely agree. But in my experience, the level of fidget has increased. And, and I would have to agree with you, yeah. absolutely. So talking to teachers of young students, they also report that in addition to more fidgeting, young children have poor motor skills, spatial awareness is lacking, and oftentimes just like bumping into things, not having body control, seems to be at a lower level than what we've observed in previous generations. So why the rise in sensory and motor, motor issues in the past 30 years? And just so you know, this isn't just our own anecdotal observations. There's some studies out supporting this. There was a very interesting study comparing the strength of core muscles. Those are the muscles through the abdomen, the back, the muscles of your midsection that are so very important for balance. This study compared the strength of children now, of their core muscles, compared to, to children in 1984, okay? When they looked at balance, for example, only one in 12 children today met the average, the average strength of a child in, in the 1980s. One in 12. That, that caught my attention right there. That I mean, is that, beyond that's significant. Unbelievably significant. Yeah. Worthy of talking about more. One in 12 had the average core strength of a kid in the 1980s. I believe it's partially due to reduction in children's movement. Uh, we've done podcasts on the benefit of play for children, both for their minds, for their bodies, for their basic physical mobility. But, you know, those podcasts were more about the benefits of play and getting out and moving. This one really is focused on our children's future ability to, to have balance. To, I mean, think of when you grow older, you know, we go to the gym and we work out so that our bones will be strong, we'll have better balance when we get old. I think of my, my parents and my aunts and uncles, my grandparents' generations, how, how feeble, how, how much they struggled with balance and falling down when they got older. And they were growing up on a farm, mm -hmm. working 12-hour days, lifting, throwing bales of hay, shoveling, gardening, washing clothes by hand. They were strong, strong, strong kids. And they ended up so very feeble in their elderly years. I'm very, very concerned if our kids are starting out not very strong, what that's going to look like down the road. So bodies of young children today are less prepared for life than in previous studies, uh, in previous study generations. As adults, as I mentioned, as adults, we go to the gym, we lift weights to increase our core. 
What's going to happen to these children as they age and they don't have those core muscles? So we no longer have merry-go-rounds because they're a little too dangerous. Mm -hmm. We don't like to see children climbing trees because they might fall out. Recess has been reduced from one hour down to 20 minutes. You know, I was just thinking as you were saying that in growing up in the playground that we had then, swings, which you could go probably so high it was unsafe, and, and yet it worked out. Monkey bars that were, were you know, yep. 10 feet off the ground, uh, tire sets where you could stand on top of the tire. And though, I mean, go to a playground today and it, it's next to impossible to injure yourself and, and for good reason. But your point is really good. There's something lost in all this. I understand why the safety, why the padding on the bottom, you know, head injuries and that sort of thing. And we don't want children to have broken arms, but I don't know. I had a broken arm twice. I survived, right? I mean, it is one of those things that we lose something and we don't want our children to grow up as like children in a bubble. You know, kids need kid-sized mistakes. They need to fall down and get back up. They're, currently, they're sitting in chairs for hours on end, both in school and at home. And we have place, placed, I believe, an overemphasis on highly structured activities and academics. And kids need to move rapidly and frequently. And, and when I think about this, certainly they, they sit during the school day, but, but just... Reflecting on your comments, I think of my own kids at home, and they sit an awful lot, too. I mean, they're active, too, but a lot of them, a few of them, I mean, they they go home, they sit, they do their homework, they sit, they read, they sit, sit, sit. Uh, really good good, good advice here. Yeah, and, and students, you know, certainly there's a time to do have structured activities and to do homework, but when students twirl and spin and hang upside down on the monkey bars... They activate a fluid in the inner ear that's crucial for balance. This system is called the vestibular system, and it's part of the, the hair in the inner ear that gets moved by this flu fluid, and that actually helps develop a sense of body awareness, spatial awareness, balance. So hanging upside down, going sideways, spinning. Remember, spinning till you got dizzy and then falling down and getting back up or laying down and rolling down a hill? That is very, very good for developing that vestibular system. And if it's not stimulated enough, it affects everything. Spatial awareness, the ability to sit in our desk without falling out, the ability to be near other children without bumping into them, balance, it helps regulate emotions, uh, play and movement supports all six of those eye muscles that are needed to track for reading and for writing. So many children today are, have underdeveloped vestibular systems due to a sedentary life. So here are Hanscom's three big tips and, I, and that's that pediatric occupational therapist. And I just couldn't agree more with her. So I'm going to encourage us to consider this. You, you're the parents that God has given, or you're the, you're the educators, and you have to decide what's best for your kids. But I'm really going to strongly encourage you to just consider, can we lengthen recess time to a 45 minutes or an hour? Is that possible to go back again like it used to be? If children sit for long periods of time, they naturally get antsy. They need to move. We all do, right? None of us like to sit for too long. But they oftentimes run out for recess with a high level of energy. And right when it's at its peak, at about 20 minutes, they're called back in. And they're supposed to now go sit still and sit in a desk and focus and learn. And they haven't burnt off all their energy yet. It typically takes about 45 minutes of high activity to wear that energy level down in young children. And so we're going out and giving them a taste. And then we're bringing them back in and asking them to harness it. And it's just next to impossible for them to do that. So can we lengthen those recess times? I know we say, but content instruction, I've got to get through all of this instruction. Boy, but if, if you're teaching and their mind is not in a place to learn because they're not focused and they're fidgeting, you're wasting your time. 
and you're keeping them from fully being able to develop. And so can we just have a little bit of give and take there with that? Number two, they need to move in ways that makes us, make us adults nervous. They need to swing daringly high. They need to hang upside down from the monkey bars. They need to spin in circles until they get, busy, gizzy, get dizzy and fall down. They need to climb trees. If we keep them from these activities because we're concerned they're going to get hurt, we adults become the barrier to their development. Part of childhood is falling down and getting back up. And that's been that way since the beginning of time. So number one, lengthen recess time. Number two, we need to let them move in some ways that make us nervous sometimes. And number three, have them play outside at least three hours a day. It calms the senses, it burns up energy, it piques curiosity, it encourages imagination and creativity, it activates muscles and balance and body control in a way that few other activities can. Go ride their bike, go play hide and seek, go play hopscotch, get outside, soak up the weather, be active, throw snowballs, build snowmen. It's just so very, very healthy all the way around. So in order to sit in a classroom and learn, children have to be able to pay attention. And in order to be able to pay attention, we must allow them to move and to move often. And, and isn't that one of the concerns teachers have today is attention span of students, uh, they seem tired, they seem anxious, all these things all build upon themselves yep. to, to a point where we perceive the student as, as not engaged in learning and yet we have the opportunity to consider these things to improve the engagement and, and to, to help the student learn better. Yeah, we need a holistic approach. approach. Mm -hmm. We need to look at the child from all the different angles. That's how God designed us. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Uh, number one, really important, awareness. Awareness that the strength of core muscles in, to, in our youth today is significantly less than it was uh, 30 years ago. Number two, with this understanding, uh, our youth are challenged with spatial awareness and uh, many times have poor motor skills. Number three, four, and five are going to give actionable items. So what can we do now that we know this awareness and know where our youth are at? Uh, number three, uh, if you're an educator, consider lengthening the recess times. Give students more time, like Dr. Rhoda said, 45 minutes. If it's only at the 20, which it currently is in most places, that's just at the peak of when they're ready to go. Consider lengthening that to 45 minutes. Number four, parents and educators allow students to, think, to do uh, activities that make you nervous, but not too nervous, right? We certainly want students to be safe, but we don't want to limit uh, what they can do. I don't want to have it so highly structured uh, that it's actually a negative for the student. And number five, have the students play outside uh, at least three hours a day. And this is really an opportunity for parents and teachers to talk, how can we make this happen? Maybe it's parents you know, in the evenings, maybe it's parents on the weekends, maybe it's teachers during the week. Really uh, have the discussion on how we can get them outside at least three hours every day. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.